Sorry, Arthur. Incredible! Extraordinary! I had everything on her. How did she train? What do you mean? No signs of her form being off. I ran her, didn't I? I thought she was limping. I Don't just... be wise on me now, please. How much damage? Five thousand. It's enough. Bookies will be rejoicing. I can see the little faces laughter in the ferret's camp. Yes. I'll buy you a drink. Consolation? A double. Come on. How did you do? Oh, I did all right. You finished with your tea? No. Your cup's empty. So it is. It's just that the manageress... I know. She says how we can't entertain customers once they've I know, with... once they've finished with their tea. But I've not finished with mine, you see. What are you doing? Can't you tell? I'm haruspicating. Oh, I hope that don't mean what I think it do. I read tea leaves is what I'm saying. I divine the future. Do you see them? Yes. And their message is crystal clear to me. What? I can see you, for example. Where? Down there. In fact, I see you moving into a position of responsibility with a national chain of cafe restaurants. ABC's? Could be. Couldn't be. We've already got a manageress. Oh, dear. I see an accident. Where? A large, red-headed woman. Well, that's Doris. She's disappearing down a manhole. Leaving the post vacant. <laughs> You're wicked, you are. <laughs> Aren't I? Ten minutes is all. <laughs> There's no need for that. Polly! Two fresh teas? Two gâteaux de ABC. Oh. Possibly mm. a round of sandwiches later. May we sit here? It's not my decision. I know. It's your manageress. If she wants us to go, she can tell us herself. Yes, well, I'll tell her so. Uh, Polly, your life in Manchester seems to have turned you into a bruiser. Where is that gentle girl I used to know? Long gone and good riddance. <laughs> it's good to see you. Likewise. May I? Please. And have ah. mine, too. I see you haven't mm. lost your appetite for dough soaked mm. in sugar. No, these are very good. Mm. So now, tell me about your exciting life as a journalist. It's going very well. Good. What? Mm. I'm just looking, filling my eyes with you. I said I'm very well. And I said that's good. You've already started. What? Looking. Well, I confess it's a bad habit. I said it wouldn't be this way. I apologize. I told myself to come armed this time. What do you mean? To have found out something about you. And have you? No. Every crime desk on every newspaper has heard of you. Every police force knows your reputation, and yet... Yes? Nobody has the least idea who you are. Am I overdoing the self-effacement? They call you the man in the corner. Who does? You sit here, solving crimes. How long have you been at it? Centuries. Beyond calculation. You are evasive, polite, eccentric and mysterious. What do you want to know? Ask me. Where do you come from? My mother gardened for the Raj, and I was brought up on a diet of mangoes and tragic opera. An influence that has never left me. Last year, for example, I had pneumonia. I convalesced to the strains of Puccini, and do you know something? 
The sounds of Mimi expiring gave me strength. Hmm. What? There, it makes no difference, does it? All this information. I don't know. You're still fixing me with that look. You're an inquirer, Polly. Answers, if they came, would probably be a disappointment to you. And am I stranger than anybody else? Looked at in the light of inquiry, isn't everybody worth a question or two? Including you? say something. May I make an observation? You seem nervous. Nervous? Do I? Are you waiting for someone else to come? Who? I don't know. Are we friends, Polly? Yes. Well then. I wish to discuss something, that's true. Ah. So. What? Begin. It isn't easy. For some reason it isn't easy. No, but having begun, one sometimes wonders what all the fuss was about. Be simple. Begin. Madame? Madame? Hmm? What is it? It's your husband. No. He asks to see you. No. I... But he's... He's outside, madam. <laughs> she? Lady Arthur Skelmerton. Pretty. Expressive face. You remember the case? Of course. The murder. A hunting knife in the back, wasn't it? Imagine the force it takes to do that. Yes. Mercilessness. Yes. Or desperation. What's that? The murdered man was Charles Lavender. Dapper, small, a bookmaker. It happened one Friday night last June at the end of the York Racing Week. Yes, I remember. He died from a single blow from a ten-inch hunting knife which stuck out of his back like a... like a third arm. And very near some steps leading onto the race course, wasn't it? Steps? Yes. The first on the scene was a policeman. McNaught. Pardon? The policeman's name. Was it? Yes. I'm oh, sorry. Go on. What's going on? I have him! What is it? I've got him! Get the hell off me! Let him go, will you? Make sure you have him, then! I have him. Oh, thank you. So then, an explanation. Look! I assume this one's dead. I've never done it! Will you be quiet for a minute? I'll have an explanation from both of you. I am Lord Arthur Skelmerton. I... I've rented a house over there. For the racing, is it? For the week, that's right. 
I was having a bit of fresh air when I heard sounds of violence. What sort of sounds? Kerfuffle. Shouting. What can I say? I came to have a look and I found this man in the act of sticking a knife in that man's back. I swear that is a lie. You bastard! I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I swear to you. Why are you saying this? That's enough swearing for one night, I'd have thought. Come along with me, then. The both of you. At that point, the man Higgins was arrested. The police thought they had a case. Tell me how you got involved. Hmm? My newspaper sent me. Ah, a nice mix of violence and aristocracy, of course. All right. Polly, you're pouting. We're not all hacks. And I haven't pouted since I was 14. <laughs> I would love to have been there. Spare me. So your introduction to the case was through your editor? Yes. But now the case is over? Yes. But your interest continues. Forty? Uh, Mr Higgins, you are charged with the murder of Charles Lavender. Yes, sir. Uh, can you tell the court your relationship with the deceased? I didn't have a relationship with him. I don't think... I, I never knew him at all. You are a frequenter of race courses? I go to them. You describe yourself as a turf commission agent. That is correct, yes. And in your work, you are quite adamant you have never met Charles Lavender. I beg your pardon? You are sure? You are firm in your declaration? Oh, yes. I never met him. I saw him. I've seen him. When was that? Racecourses. And the last time you saw him? On the Friday. The afternoon before he died. The races were over, people going home, so on. What were you doing? I was stubbing. Stubbing? Uh, picking up the stubs of betting slips. Once in a while you get lucky. Find one hasn't been turned in and then it's yours. I see. But go on, Mr Higgins. So, I'm looking down at the ground. I'm walking around, over by the bank at the end of the course near where there's some houses. And I see there's this marquee thing and some knobs drinking tea and what have you. And there's some steps leading down from the bank onto the course. At the bottom of these, two men are talking behind a hedge. Well, they can't see me, but... I can hear them arguing. So I have a listen. No. What do you mean? You understand English, do you? I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Haven't I told you? You don't tell me anything. Why? I'm telling you, Lavender, no. You come to the races? So, you'd like to mix? I beg you. The riffraff. A bit of colour? No. I think so. You play at it. I own a stables. Rubbing shoulders with your sort doesn't add anything. Well, you're here, Scott. Lord, Scott. You're down amongst us now, and our language is money. That's what we speak. I've told you. Yeah, well, I don't care for it. I've given you my word. Oh, no, no. That's how they talk in your world. I give you my word. But what you don't see, what you knobs don't see, is that your word is worth shit. You are really very ugly. I want money. I want my money. I've told you. I want it. I owe other people. These are people they don't want my word. I don't pay, I won't walk. Oh. That is the people. You owe me, I want it. Lavender, it's 500 pounds. Oh, it's little, is it? What is it? It's nothing to you. Then pay up. I'm done with you. What? I'm going in. And? We've concluded. You stuck-up bastard. Where do you live? Where do you live? You owe me money. I'm going in. Don't go in. There's nothing more to be said. All right. I've got something. You pay me. I've got... I've got something more. What? This bill, you see? It's an old one. Five grand, eh? 
your signature's on it. And I'm wondering whether I should show it to your poor wife. Or else that father of hers, what's his name? He'd like to see it. Might be the final straw for him. What do you think? That's my wife. I'll show it to her. I'll go up there. I'll show it to her now. You know what this is called. I don't give a damn. You owe me. That's the way it works. Come tonight. Come and see me tonight. Are you coming? Coming. I'll pay you tonight. Yeah. You give me your word, your lordship. Go on. So I decided to follow him. Who do you mean? Lavender. He said he was going back, so I thought I'd follow him. Why? I thought there might be something in it for me. Something in it? Well, you never know. That's the way these things go. I thought something might turn up. Something to your advantage. That's right. Tea. Ah. And something they're calling cinnamon fingers. Interesting. Though they look to me more like cinnamon toes. <laughs> Polly, no matter what part of the anatomy they represent, they're much appreciated. Mmm. Mmm. Try one. No, thank you. So you were in court throughout the trial? Yes. And how did you find Citizen Higgins? Small, restless man. Scruffy. Face like a little dog. A dog you wouldn't trust? I haven't decided. If you'd been there... Clyde. I mean, in retrospect... Yes. So his story of the overheard conversations... Pointed the finger at Lord Skelmerton. Mm. If it wasn't true, it was a bold tactic for a little dog of a man. The full might of the establishment on his back. David and Goliath hardly comes into it. And he hadn't finished. He followed Lavender to the Black Swan, where he found himself eavesdropping on another conversation. Charles, don't you want your chops? No, no appetite. Can I assume you only had a few bets against the favourite? Yes. I'm 500 down. How'd you meet him with Skelmerton go? He wants to get out of paying me. Yeah, of course he wants to get out of paying you. What'd you say? I pointed out I had debtors of my own. He wet buckets. Oh, yeah. Big aristocratic tears. Of the blue? What? An aristocrat's tears. That's their blood. Oh, yeah. Which you haven't seen yet. I'd like to. What are you going to do? What would you do? I'd lean on him. Go on. Your aristocrat only has his reputation. I suppose you've got something on him. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Nicely signed by his lordship. Very good. I thought if his wife... Uh, or father-in-law... Or father-in-law got wind of the size of his dicks. Very good. I think you're on to a winner. I'm seeing him in half an hour. Excellent. So I can tell our friends you'll have their money. Oh, yes. I give you my word. <laughs> can I have that chop? You had a grasp on the story then, Polly? I thought so. Did it write well? Yes. Good headlines? When Higgins was found not guilty? Hmm. Certainly. And afterwards. Oh, of course. When the men in blue turned their attentions towards more elevated regions. Lord Arthur Skelmerton, I have reason to believe that you were implicated in the death of Charles Lavender. Do you wish to say anything in answer to the charge? You're not obliged to say anything unless you wish to do so, but whatever you say will be taken down in writing and may be given in evidence. Arthur? What is... 
What is happening? It's all right, Jane. If you'll excuse us, madam. What's happening? I'm being arrested, Jane. I'm being arrested. But why? What for? If you'll go in, madam. Arthur! A small story turned into a big one. Your story? That wasn't the point for me. Cops nab lord in racecourse slaying. Go on, have your fun. Gambling aristo in York knife bloodbath. Hmm, I'd stick to the crime solving if I were you. That's just a harmless joke, Polly. The story wasn't the point. Have you told me yet what was the point? The point of entry, as it were. I told you, I think. I would like to lay this case to rest. To bury it? Yes, yes, to... Tell me about the woman. Pardon? The woman, Lord Arthur's wife. You saw her, didn't you? Or didn't you? Did you meet her? I interviewed her. Yes. Was that interview published? Are you being aggressive? Am I? I think you are. Are you pursuing me? Certainly not. I feel like you are. I'm not the case. No. The case is the case. Why can't you ever be innocent? I feel so... What? Uncomfortable. Pursued. By me? All I'm saying, I wish you wouldn't... I'm sorry. Tell me about her. Her name was Jane. When you first saw her, she gave you the impression she looked younger than she was, is what I'm trying to say. I suppose that was her illness. I didn't know what it was, not then. Anyway, it made her look like a child. So that's what struck me. This pale child's face and eyes, the largest eyes I have ever seen. And when she spoke, it was with a voice of such innocence. Thank you so much for coming to see me. Well, no. This whole affair is a nightmare to me. I'm sure it is. You can imagine. I... I'm not married. No, but still. It must have been a shock. Yes. I'm sorry. My... My husband is a... It's a good man. You've perhaps heard otherwise, I've no doubt. I know he has a reputation, but none of it is true. At least he would not... Kill anybody. He is... He has always been the best of husbands. Does that make a story? What? A sick wife pleading for her husband's life. Yes. But it doesn't make him innocent. I know. Well, I know that, but... You'll see when you get to know me. I should like that. So should I. I've ordered tea, is that all right? Your sympathies were involved. Of course. I felt sorry for her. Desperately sorry, as a matter of fact. I know one isn't supposed to say that. I know it isn't modern. Polly, you don't have to apologise to me. I do, apparently. I feel I do. When I think of her alone in that rented house with its dark furniture, presumably aiming at dignified luxury, but to me, funereal. When I think of her there, dying... Dying? Oh, yes. All treatments had failed. Oh. She was waiting to die, but with so much courage. A sort of grace, isn't there, that some people seem to gather. And in her eyes, such... such a fire. What sort of fire? Anger, I think. She'd been brought there. 
By him? Yes, by him. Am I to conclude, Polly, that Lord Skelmerton was not the object of your unalloyed admiration? Polly? Yes, I think you could say that. I felt she was bullied. He was a gambler. He only married her for her money. I think she knew all this. And I think she was ashamed. Of him? Of herself, for marrying him. For being so... so naive. Yes. As though all her life people had said to her, don't be childish. And on her first major decision, who to marry, she had made a terrible mistake. You don't think she acted out of love, then? No. Duty. So what did she want from you? What do you mean? Well, who contacted whom? Did you ask for an interview, or did she ask? Polly? She asked to speak to me. And what did she want? She asked me to write an article about her husband, about his impending trial. To show him in a better light? Yes. With the aim of influencing a jury who weren't supposed to read the newspapers during the course of the trial anyway? Oh, you needn't worry. I didn't do it. You didn't want to? I wanted to, but I couldn't find anything good to say. No saving graces, then? None. Mr. Tyler? Huh? And who are you? Polly Burton, from the Manchester Echo. Don't read it. Don't read papers. What do you want? Just a word. As if I didn't know why. Well, yes, it must have been a great shock to you. Why? Well, I mean, as his chief trainer. Oh, yeah, right. What sort of man is he to work for? Well, we don't think much of him. Who? The stable lads. Myself. He overtrains the horses, takes them out when they shouldn't go out, that sort of thing. Ignores injuries. Keep her head up, lad, for God's sake. He exploits the animals, that's what he does. Take Peppercorn. The one who fell at the handicap? You got it. I'd reared her from a fall. I'd noticed she had a limp before the race. Wasn't anything serious, but she shouldn't have been entered. And that's what I told him. Good girl. Good girl. I'll have a word, sir. Why? What is it, Tyler? She shouldn't be in. Put her in. You can't race her now. Tyler, put her in. It would be cruel. What's the point? We have trained her to this race. Well, you have a lame. I'm not prepared to discuss this further. Run her, Mr. Tyler. So, she was entered. Against my advice. It gave me no pleasure to be right. And what for? Why? His lordship's greed and a need for quick money. What happened to her? What always happens to a racing horse that's injured? Didn't Lord Skelmerton mind? Mind? When you told him? He didn't say anything. But I was going to make damn sure he knew my feelings. Mr. Tyler? I'll see your master, Chips. My master is entertaining. Would you tell him that I'm here? I'll see what I can do. You do that. Mr. Tyler? Good evening, my lady. You've come to see my husband? Yes. How are you, my lady? Well, quite well, thank you. Tyler? Do I have your permission to put Peppercorn down? What? She's lame. What does the vet say? There's no need of vets. Well, do it, then. Is there something else? We shouldn't have run her. I don't think you wanted to, did you? It was my decision. I take responsibility. It's the loss of a good animal, sir. Do you think I need you to tell me that? Do you find it difficult to work for me? What? To continue to work for me. You can go. Arthur. Go back upstairs, Jane. I didn't say that, sir. No. Well, make up your mind, ma'am. And you'll tell me tomorrow. 
So, no ticks in the Book of Life for Lord Skelmerton? No. Did you believe he was guilty? Was that your impression? I didn't know. I followed the trial, of course, minutely, but I didn't know. It's all right. I dreaded going back to her, especially after Skelmerton's butler had said his piece. Uh, Mr Chips, you will tell the court what happened on the Friday evening. During the evening, there were two visitors. The first was Mr Tyler, Lord Skelmerton's trainer. He stayed for about ten minutes, had a brief interview with Lord Skelmerton, and left. And what time was that? That was at about ten o'clock. Then at about twenty past ten, there was another knock at the door. It was a man who said that he also wished to speak to Lord Skelmerton. Did you recognise the man? I did not recognise him, sir. I had never seen him before. And what did you say to him? I informed him that Lord Skelmerton had company. How did he react to that? He seemed put out. Put out? Yes. It evidently rankled with him that Lord Skelmerton would not make himself immediately available. He insisted that I showed his lordship his card. You'll see him, sir? Show him into the library. Very good, sir. Arthur, where are you going? I have some business. This time? Yes, Archie. Never mind. All the more champagne for us. Where is he? I left him here. You didn't bring him in? No, sir. I didn't like the look of him. He was standing here by the door. Ah. Maybe he changed his mind. Evidently, sir. What's the matter, Polly? Hmm? You're shivering. You have said that I am not capable of reason. When did I say that? You've implied it. You haven't hidden your belief that women are guided by emotions, whereas men... Men are... What? Rational beings. No. Superior beings, capable of seeing what is rather than what they need to see. You're crying. Now, what is it? I wish this place had a drink and I don't mean tea. It's so humiliating. What is? Uh, Mr Chips, may I draw your attention to this hunting knife? I identify it to the court as the weapon used to murder Charles Lavender and which was removed from his back after his death. Uh, uh, would you pass it to the witness, please? Uh, careful, it's sharp. Yes, sir. Now, I want you to look at it very carefully. Have you ever seen it before? Yes, sir. Will you tell the court where? Among Lord Skelmerton's belongings. It's Lord Skelmerton's knife. Oh, yes, sir. Brought back from Africa. How can you be so sure that this is your employer's knife? On Saturdays, I clean the silver. It's a quiet day. I take my time. Yes. So, on the Saturday... After Mr Lavender's death... I went to the cutlery drawer. It's a very large piece of cutlery, isn't it? That's where we keep it, sir. In its sheath in the lid of the cutlery box, when we're travelling. I see. And it was gone. The sheath was there. The knife was gone. Do you ever think, Polly, that we have a lot to be thankful for? No, not often. Not recently. The hospitality afforded to us by the aerated bread company, for example, together with the almost endless inventiveness of its pastry cook. You're hungry again? I'm annoying you. Polly, Polly. No, no, I'll get you something. Sit down. Sit down. Honesty is a trick perfected amongst friends. Either you tell me or you don't. But I invite you again. Why? Why are we going over this? What is your interest in this case? Why is it causing you so much suffering?
Mm -hmm. I've um, just come from the court. I'm afraid, um, I'm sorry to tell you, they've reached a verdict. Not yet. The evidence, you understand, I'm not an expert. Tell me. It isn't good for your husband. It isn't... The evidence isn't good. I see. I'm very sorry to tell you this. It's all right. Can I get you anything? Uh, thank you, no. He is a... He hasn't been a dream husband, you see. You marry young. Are you married? I can't remember if you told me. No. I was 18. My father said... He warned me. He even threatened to cut off my money, but didn't. He loved me, you see. It broke his heart when I went ahead and married Arthur. I remember him in the church, ramrod back, afraid of shaking with rage, I suppose. We rarely know what we want at 18. We cannot recognise what is good, nor what is bad. I didn't know he was a gambler. Do you pity me, Polly? I said, no, no, of course not. But those eyes stared into me. She knew I did. Ah. Tell me about them. The eyes? Yes. There was a fierce burning in them, as though trapped, as though outraged. She knew her husband had murdered Lavender, you see. Yes. What? Hmm? Who was the next witness? Mackintosh. Skelmerton's friend? Yes. He was there on the night of the party. During the course of the evening, Lord Skelmerton was called away. Is that correct? Twice. The first time, it was his trainer fellow, Tyler, who was somewhat irate, I think. Then his man, Chips, came to get him a second time. He told me it was some business he had to settle. He went out to the front door, but I gathered whoever it was had gone. He didn't tell you who it was? No. Are you expecting any more business calls, Arthur? No. Don't go back in yet. Have a cigar. Uh, no, thank you. How's Jane? She's weak. She's weaker, getting weaker. It's very bad luck. When one's wife dies, yes. No, I didn't mean that. Sorry. Well, would you mind if I did go back in? Tell me if there's anything. Yes, yes, of course. What was that? I don't know. I suppose I'd better have a look. Do you want to? No. No, but I will. Do you want me to come with you? No. Go on, I'll see you in a minute. And how long was Lord Skelmerton gone for? He returned to the house three minutes later. Skelmerton? What is it? Are you all right? I... Uh... I just saw a fellow. Where? I went down there, in the direction of the noise, saw him. This fellow murdering another. What? Grabbed him. Fellow's struggling. Policeman comes along, says I've got to go with him. I I'm a witness. Good God. Shall I tell Jane? No, no. no. no she's probably asleep. Tell um, Chips, will you? He can tell her when she wakes up. Now, I want you to think very carefully, Captain McIntosh. You say that Lord Skelmerton was with you until the point where he ran down the garden. That's right. 
And that he left you only after he had heard shouts. That's right. He was with me up to that point. And what time did you and he leave the room to smoke? A uh, quarter to eleven. How can you be certain of that? We're right by the minster, for heaven's sake. It rings the quarters, and it was ringing as we opened the door and stepped out. And how long were you talking for? Minutes. He said he wanted to go in. We turned round, and that's when we heard the noises. Thank you very much, Captain McIntosh. And so the case against Lord Skelmerton crumbled. Yes. And the fact that the knife seemed to have belonged to Lord Skelmerton? The lawyer passed over it. Ah, yes. Employing a guarded eloquence, no doubt. He said it was inexplicable. <laughs> a mystery, then? Not really. Skelmerton shouldn't have been acquitted. Captain McIntosh was lying. I see. Is that what you believed? That he was protecting his friend? Yes. And yet? What? Are we there yet, Polly? You've asked me to go into it. Yes. Do you want me to? Do you still want me to? I'm here, aren't I? All right, all right. Now, let's look at it. Was Captain McIntosh lying? It's possible. Except there were other witnesses, in fact, a whole room full, who can testify as to the time that the captain and Skelmerton left the room. And, more importantly, his condition when he returned. Can we believe that Skelmerton ran to the bottom of the garden, having secreted the hunting knife somewhere, plunged it into a man's back, hid, grabbed the first person who came along, Higgins, fought him to the ground and then returned, calmly? And we also would have to accept that Skelmerton had made an appointment to meet his supposed victim, Lavender. But when is he supposed to have done this? He didn't speak to Lavender at the door, you remember. What if it wasn't Lavender at the door? Nobody saw him except the butler. Whoever it was gave Lavender's card, but that doesn't mean it was Lavender. No, true, true. Push it, then. Push that idea. See how far you can go. Higgins, perhaps in conspiracy with Terry, wants to kill Lavender. Some sort of revenge, financial revenge. Happens all the time, no doubt. Go on. So he fabricates the story about overhearing Skelmerton and Lavender arguing and cooks up another story with Terry about the conversation in the Black Swan. Mm. Then goes round to Lord Skelmerton's house, posing as Lavender, in order to implicate Lord Skelmerton in the murder he was about to commit. In fact, yes. Higgins made the appointment with Lavender, met him, killed him, but unfortunately for him, Skelmerton... Of all people. ...surprised him in the act. Hmm. It's possible. All right. Let's look at it. The police will certainly have looked at it. They have evidently failed to come up with any evidence that links either Terry or Higgins to the crime. But let's go on. The racing community is alive with gossip. One might even say sustained by gossip. There would have been no shortage of people willing to come forward and connect Higgins to the murder had there been any reason at all. I think we can be fairly categorical. Only Skelmerton had the motive. I feel like apologising to you, Polly. As though I've let you down. And you're shivering again. I'm sorry. Why don't we look at this together, as friends, Polly? Not beginning with a conclusion, but looking at it together. It's interesting, isn't it? It's absorbing, the way our minds work, eh? We begin with an idea. At first it is only one amongst many, from which an impression develops, flowers, solidifies, and we cannot go back. For by now we have told ourselves that our very survival depends upon this fiction. 
We will defend it to our deaths. No. Polly, Polly, go back. Go back to that first time you met her, that tragic young woman, her innocent face on the pillow. You were struck, you said, by her eyes, by her voice. She reminded you of someone, didn't she? He has always been the best of husbands. Does that make a story? What? A sick wife pleading for her husband's life. Yes. But it doesn't make him innocent. Who was it you reminded you of? Your mother? No. I mean, if you're going to... Sister? Polly, was it? Do you have a sister? Had. I'm sorry. And was she afflicted by the same disease as poor Jane Skelmerton? Yes. Can't even bear to say its name. And she was married too? A sort of marriage. She deserved so much better. Like Jane, you thought? Yes. Those eyes, like my sister. If you knew that quiet fury she took to her grave. <laughs> you came to me, Polly, because you knew something with your mind that your heart would not allow. No! It wasn't your sister. Your heart chose the idea and you couldn't see past it. It wouldn't allow yourself to. But you knew. Stand on the steps at the bottom of that garden, Polly, as I'm sure you did, just to see, eh? Just to see if you could hear a conversation from there. This bill, you see? It's an old one. Five grand, eh? Your signature's on it. And I'm wondering whether I should show it to your poor wife or that father of hers. What's his name? He'd like to see it. Might be the final straw for him. What do you think? Are you going to have some tea with us, dear? It's getting cold. She heard, didn't she? She would have heard every word. I don't know. I didn't know. She knew her husband was being blackmailed. She knew Lavender was coming to the house that evening. She'd already come down once when she heard the door open, but that time it was Tyler. She went back. She waited. I've come to see Lord Skelmerton. His lordship is entertaining this evening, sir. What? He is entertaining. Here, here, give him my card. If you'll wait here, sir. Mr. Lavender? That's right. I'm Lord Skelmerton's wife. I know who you are. I know why you've come. Well, I'm I... prepared to pay you. Do you have the bill with you? Yes. Not here. At the back of the house. There are some steps. Go there now, if you'll wait for me. All right. Do you mind me saying something? Your husband doesn't deserve you. So she went into the room where the cutlery was kept in its travelling case, took out the hunting knife she found there, and made her way, in the warmth and darkness of a summer's evening, to a meeting from which she would return, her resolution undiminished, to protect the man she loved. No! What's that? Jane! I... 
I didn't know what to do. Go in. Go in! What's going on? Grabbing Higgins was also a desperate act by a man determined at all costs to protect the wife he loved. That I do not believe. That I do not accept. Loved, Polly, even to the gallows. No, you have it wrong. No, nothing else will explain his silence. Nothing else explains this murder. We look at the facts, Polly, no matter how unacceptable. Does it offend you so much that in this marriage the dying woman loved the brute of a husband and the brute in his turn loved the woman? Does it offend your memory so much? See you, madam. Oh, do I look dreadful? No, ma'am. You look pretty as a picture. Well, let him come in. Hello, Chip. Jane. I know I look awful. No. I know I do. Impossible. Hold my hand, then. Sit with me. What will I do without you, Jane? What will I do? I managed to get them to double up on the jam, but no dice on the cream. A sign of the times. Shall I pour? Here. Skelmerton telegraphed me last week. Jane died in France. Ah. I'm very sorry. And the moral of this story? Don't judge a horse by its saddle. Nor a scone by its crust. And don't judge a marriage by a woman's eyes. Here, let me pour. <clears throat> 